It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our first podcast of 2020 and the first episode in our 2020 e-commerce master plan growth series sponsored by Omnisend. This is the fourth time we've dedicated January to helping you find new ways to grow your e-commerce business. We've got some great and varied episodes coming up for you this month. There's nine of them in all, numbers 249 to 256. So make sure, like Pokemon, you catch them all. We're starting with one of the UK's biggest retailers and diving into making that leap from blast emails to something far cleverer and more rewarding. I met our guest for this episode at the 2019 Internet Retailing Expo, where she was giving a presentation in the conference theatre I was chairing. Her session was so good and the content so valuable, I knew she'd make a great guest. It took us a little while to make the recording happen, but trust me, you are in for a treat. Before we get into that, though, please do check out our sponsors. Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? Omnisend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. Everyone in your business should read this book, whether they're in marketing or not. Why? Because it removes all the smoke and mirrors around marketing for e-commerce, channel by channel, but still delivers for your marketing team on detail and how to plan for success. That's what Nicola Fox, ex-head of CR at Misguided, said about my new book, E-commerce marketing, how to get traffic that buys to your website. You can grab the Kindle or paperback on your local Amazon store now. Or if you're not quite ready to commit to buying the book, head to ecommercemarketingbook.com to get the free crash course, including the first two chapters. Let's welcome our guest expert. Nicola Fox is a retail marketer specialising in CRM and loyalty. Over the last 10 years, she's been working for top UK retailers like Holland and Barrett, where she designed and developed a healthcare loyalty programme. And most recently, she worked at fast fashion giant Misguided, where she took on a task familiar to anyone in e-commerce, shifting consumer marketing from batch and blast to a data-driven, segmented, personalised programme. A difficult enough task in a small, slow moving retailer, let alone in one of the fastest, biggest retailers around. Hello, Nicola. Hi, Chloe. Very cool to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to finding out all about what you got up to at Misguide. But before we get into that, how did you yourself get into this wonderful world of e-commerce? <laughs> well, um, I 
I actually progressed my career with um, fairly established retailers who actually had a heavy high street presence. And so whilst I wasn't ignorant of e-commerce, I did come to it fairly recently. Um, my roles had always crossed over with e-commerce teams and direct response channels, but it, it was actually only when in a customer loyalty role, I found myself looking more and more at how I could smooth out that divide between online and offline that I wanted to understand more because I felt that customers should be seen as people rather than orders or transactions and that apportioning them to a particular channel um, just destroyed that experience for them. So I made the move into e-commerce so that I could deepen and broaden my understanding um, and sort of fill that void in my experience, but also get to grips with how omnichannel could actually work in practice. So um, I requested and, and took part in a, a short secondment um, which was then made permanent as head of digital marketing at Holland and Barrett. And then that really springboarded my move to pure play fashion retail and misguided. And it was there that my experience in, um, in e-commerce and online retailing really kind of grew. And, um, and I was able to understand a lot more about the application and execution, um, getting that firsthand experience of those end-to-end -end changes that are required in order to make e-commerce data are truly valuable to you. I love that you started off by um, you ended up in e-commerce because you're trying to solve a problem that you had. Because I often say to retailers that and marketers that you shouldn't just go, "I want to do email." You should be like, "I've got a problem with turning people who visit my website into buyers. How can I solve that?" Oh, I could use email, and you've done exactly that with your career. You've gone right. I want to make the customers be understood as human beings and understand all the intricacies of their relationship with us. How can I do that? I need to get involved with e-commerce. It's a really important distinction to make for people is that you don't just go, I want to do X. You need to understand what the problem is that brings it in. So I love that that's, that's how you got started off. So let's, let's, um, let's tick some of the boxes on Misguided and explain for some of our international listeners who might not be familiar with the brand in particular, what it is. Um, because we're going to be focusing on what you got up to there. And the reason we're going to be focusing on what you got up to there is because I think every retailer deals with that challenge of moving from batch and blast to proper comms. So, Misguided, where are they and where are they selling to? Misguided is um, a fast fashion retailer and it's based in Manchester, which is in the northwest of England. Um, it was established just over 10 years ago in 2009 um, and it's one of the fastest growing fast fashion retailers in the UK. So it's a really big success story for the northwest, but also for the UK itself. Um, their focus is obviously fashion uh, for women that usually range between 16 and 35 in age. Um, and they trade across the world, actually, uh, but they run websites across nine territories, including uh, the UK, United States, Australia, France, Germany, Poland and Spain. Um, and the in-house team manage everything from the design of the, the ranges to the buying, the merchandising on site. There are translation teams in-house, in, um, in um, finance teams, and obviously the IT development, which is a, a big part of what Misguided does because they manage multiple platforms and uh, on, you know, there's ongoing development around that. Um, they exceed a turnover of 200 million, which is you know really, really fast growth in that 10 years. And 
from my perspective, it's one of the most exciting places to work. It makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end thinking about it because there's a real desire by everybody involved to make amazing things happen and be better than you thought you could ever be. Um, and the teams are really not limited by the can'ts and the should nots. They just latch onto an idea and they go out there and they grab it with both hands. And, uh, and I loved it. Very cool. And I guess the fact that everything's done under the same roof makes changing things and adapting things potentially much faster because you've got, you can literally get everyone around, around the table this afternoon, just have the idea this morning and it can be happening by tomorrow type thing. Yeah, it, it, it's true. It's both um, a blessing and a curse having everything under one roof. Um, so it certainly is fast um, and it's fast for a good reason because the, the industry is fast and if you're not doing it, then your competitor is. Um, but also because the teams um, are agile and want to work together, they've got you know, the very dynamic. Um, so we can make amazing things happen very quickly. Um, but also it, it can mean that sometimes because everything is in-house, there are particular pressures and bottlenecks with that resource. So you've got to be, um, you've got to be on your game to make stuff happen. But um, usually it's, it's a great place to be. Very cool. Well, I think we've already spent an entire podcast talking about how to be on your game to make that happen. But I think we're going we're gonna to go to the advertised topic, which is batch and blast to CRM proper. So sending one email to everybody, one message to everybody, to working out the right message to the right person at the right time. We all want to do it. Um, I think most of us, though, myself included, sometimes we look at it and go, oh, gosh, that's an awful lot of work. So, how do we get started in doing that, Nicola? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's well documented, isn't it, that over the last 10 years, at least, I think marketers have been on this path from having uh, very little data to actually have now having more than they, they know what to do with. And in their defense, um, until recently, the technology just wasn't there to support them in being able to turn that data into insight and insight into action. So there are a lot of retailers, you know, Bar, Tesco and uh, Boots, there are a lot of retailers out there who are struggling with this and, and struggling to actually bring it to fruition. And my experience has been exactly that. You know, manipulating data at customer level takes a long time. It takes a significant amount of effort and usually quite highly skilled resource. And so from a day-to-day -day perspective, that data and insight is almost useless. And, you know, for real-time decision-making, you just can't use it. Um, so in many instances and, and many businesses, that, that insight is really nice to know and very valuable, but actually just gathers dust. Um, but the technology has improved and retailers are demanding more of those platforms. So the opportunities are there, which is great news for, for everybody. And I think, you know, as a result, I do often get asked, how do you how do you know when it's the right time to start? What do you do? Um, and I would say that if increasing your performance and improving your customer experience is on your agenda today, then, yes, it's the right time to start. How you do that? Well, in my view, there are two big areas that need to be reviewed in your business in order to succeed in mobilizing that data and making that data something that actually turns the cogs of your business. And those two things are technology and culture. 
and they are of equal importance. Technology, because having the right tools will make the use of your data more tangible, more intuitive and more efficient. It'll give your marketing teams the ability to do stuff with your data, which, you know, is important, right? And secondly, um, but equally as important, culture. Because if... Nicola, before we dive into culture, can we do you dive down into the world of tech for a minute or two? Yeah. Is that right with you? Yeah, of course. The technology side, you obviously work for some very large businesses who are buying different tech to the smaller businesses. Are you Is, is this technology-wise something which only the larger businesses can do? Or is it something that someone who's only turning over half a million, a million, can get access to tech that does it now? I think the, the technology is more accessible. And, you know, what I would say is it's, you know, let's be clear, it's not about diving into a new solution, believing that that's going to solve all the problems for you, because actually it's more likely to create you more. So you've really got to kind of do your research based on who you are as a business and what you're trying to solve for. So, you know, use the people within your business, bring together well-informed people, either through your contacts or if they exist within your business already, bring them together and talk to them and explore the capabilities of, of what you're looking at. And bring in those solution providers and talk really frankly and openly about what the needs of your business is or are. Um, because, you know, don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't sort of feel like, oh, well, you know, the needs of my business are really quite basic and rudimentary and they're not very visionary. Um, you know, just talk to them. They're, they're your needs. They're the, the needs of your business. And if they make an incremental improvement in your business, then then you're winning. So I think it's not it's not about going out and buying just the, the biggest ticket price product because I've been in big retailers who've done that and made a mistake. It's about finding the solution that's right for you. And cost is, is you know, a consideration, obviously. I could not agree with you more. And I, I think one of the one of the really cool points you made there was about if you think what you want to do isn't interesting, the only interesting thing about improving the CRO and improving the communication and how you do it, moving away from batch and blast is the amount of money it drives. That's that's the only interesting thing. It's it, you know, a really cool abandoned baskets program. That's really cool because it's gonna bring you in the money. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be the right thing to put the right message in front of your customer to m improve your relationship with them and make it work. And I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of people sit down and go, oh, it looks too simple. I, I must be doing it wrong. And it's like, no, oh, be glad it's simple. Simple's good and it's where you need to start from because um, if you don't start simple and then design out from there, then actually you're just going to kind of um, get your teams embroiled in lots and lots of complicated um, journeys that actually they can't manage and they're not um, developed and mature enough to, to be able to cope with. So start simple, start with a need that is specific to your business and then design out from there. Um, that's what I'd say. I could not agree with you more. And you mentioned the teams there. So teams must equal culture. So let's come back to that second thing which you need in place, uh, which was the culture, wasn't it? So what's what's so important about the culture part of this? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, culture is a, a really big part of whether you're going to succeed in making data a, a big part of your business. Because if your business and the individuals in it are not prioritizing that data and they're not viewing its importance in the same way as you and they're not adopting the use of it, then any of those technology investments that you make will really struggle to deliver a return 
Um, because actually there's likely to be some hearts and minds to win over on how you use data within your business. And that won't happen overnight. But remember, there's room for everything. Because what you're really aiming for is that nice, perfect combination of data and insight, but also instinct. So make sure that at the table, you're giving a seat to everybody who brings those assets to you. I love it because that hearts and minds piece, I find I find a lot of the time, you, you said about big businesses you work for who've gone out there, bought the most expensive thing that's never worked. I find there's also a lot of businesses who bought something really, really cool but never used it to do anything other than batch and blast. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's because um, it's not so much about whether it's the, you know, the wrong technology or the wrong attitude within the business. It's just about the fact that in order for teams to change how they work, which is what we're talking about here, really, um, they've got to be comfortable with the changes that, that you're making. And if you just simply... Uh, slapping new technology and expect them to use it, there's going to be a little bit of friction because actually what you've got to remember is that these teams have been built up around channels and knowing their stuff in that channel. And so if, you know, they'll pride themselves on having control over that and, you know, making decisions and setting campaigns live when they're ready, they won't be quite ready for the data to sort of start overtaking on that decision making. And so that's why I say kind of start simple, start with something that's a need within your business, use the technology that's most appropriate to solve that problem for you and make sure that your teams are really bolted on and, you know, ready to sort of start using that technology and moving forward with it. Otherwise, if one of those things isn't in place, you're just going to find that it's a bit wonky. And we don't want it to be wonky. Wonky is bad, everybody. Um, You mentioned channels there, and I've referred to email a few times, but what marketing channels might we be including within this project? Well, this will differ for for every single business. Um, And for some businesses, there will be channels like email that um, really are their bread and butter. And so it's about exhausting um, all of the capabilities within that individual channel. But for others, like misguided and like bigger retailers, there'll be lots of other channels in play. So it's everything from your acquisition channels, so um, your paid um, search channels, your paid social channels, um, retargeting, um, organic social as well, um, through to kind of your more um, retention channels, so email, SMS, um, and things like WhatsApp, um, push notification, web layers, that kind of thing. So you you really need to be thinking across every touch point with your customer. Um, It's okay if those are quite few in your business or they're quite extensive. But what you've got to remember is that we're talking people here. We're talking experience and journey, if you will. And so if your customer is going to interact with any of those channels, then you need to be thinking about it within the within that journey. Because what you don't want to do is have one channel sending one message to a group of customers and another channel conflicting that message. What you want is a nice, smooth, um, continual conversation with that customer. And you mentioned a marketing method there, which or a channel, which I, I am not familiar with. So uh, you said web layers. What are web layers? So web notifications or web personalization, it's two, potentially two different things. So um, 
web notifications are a little bit like an app notification on your phone, but you'll they appear for you on your desktop. So particularly useful if you find that actually you want to interact with your customer during the working day when there may be sort of, um, uh, you know, a fairly um, sedentary customer. Um, but also the web layers is kind of a more personalization level. So um, bringing that personalization to your maybe your homepage or specific areas of your site um, where you're delivering a personalized message to that user rather than it be a piece of the site that everybody sees. I'm aware of the tactic, she says, feeling slightly embarrassed. She asked the question. Uh, but remember, guys, there are no stupid questions in e-commerce. Web layers is such a good way of talking about that. And it's not a phrase I've come across before. So I should, I should be adapting that into my own vocabulary. Thank you very much, Nicola. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think I coined it, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You told me about it. It counts. It definitely counts. <laughs> now, um, we've talked about the team about and the culture. We've talked about the tech. Once we've kind of got those things in place, how do we know which bit of kind of automation or segmentation to start with? Because I find I find that can be quite a challenging one. Do you start at the beginning of the customer journey? Do you go after the retention piece first? Where do you where do you start or how do you work out where to start? So I think the, the first thing to say is that it's it's not about immediately stopping what you do today um, because everything that you're doing within your business today is, is valid. It might be valid just for today or it might be valid for a bit longer. Um, and I think, you know, there may be things that you choose to switch off, but most likely what will happen is that you evolve your approach over time as your understanding improves, your capabilities increase, and you learn what works and what doesn't. Um, but what I would say is um, those two big areas are key. And without giving those attention, I unapologetically say it will feel like you're wading through treacle because it is so hard to turn the tide on being data driven if you're not focused on those two areas. But the reality is that your business and your customer will demand you to do something of the next stage, which is to start. Because even if you believe that you don't have enough data or insight or knowledge, you need to start that thinking process. You need to start planning, visualizing, and delivering on what your customer strategy is going to be. Because Results aren't improved by just continuing to communicate to everyone. Um, and even the smallest of adjustments that you can make um, will really kind of set you on the right path. So my advice really is to start with what you have. And like I said earlier, you know, very often what you have is within your business already. So it might be some data, it might be no data at all, or it might be absolutely loads of it, but you haven't got it in a, a nice place. It might be specific resource within your business or um, specialist skill sets, or it might be expert knowledge. And it might even be just simply a set of results that you know, show what you currently do, but you'd like to make some incremental improvement with it. So, so take what you already have and set out some hypotheses that you know about your business and start to test around those so that you're determining whether they're positive or negative things in terms of influence on your business. And you can often do that because I, I sometimes get asked, yeah, but, you know, if we start doing all of this stuff over here, then we just get criticized because there's a drop in performance. And actually what I would say is you, you can usually do this kind of testing alongside business as usual so that you avoid those drops. And it will also help you determine as you go on that sort of test and learn journey, what 
what the future technology that you need needs to do for you um, and what it is that you don't know today that you would like to know in the future. And what I would also encourage is, you know, bring together, this is the culture part. So make sure that you don't do this on your own. Bring together cross sections of your business so that together you're solving for your customer and you're designing approaches that reflect multiple areas of the business because this will be important once you come to execute it because if you don't have everybody lined up and you know signed up to um, using data in that way then you'll you'll find that people kind of point the finger and question whether it's working or not by doing that, by bringing lots of people together, what it does is it roots data at the center of your decision making, which is ultimately what you're trying to do. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you looking to increase your sales without a lot of extra work? Omnisend's email and SMS marketing automation platform is tailor-made for e-commerce businesses like you. It's got everything you need to start making more sales immediately, including one-click integrations with the major e-commerce platforms and super easy migration from your existing email marketing platform. They even have award-winning all-human 24-7 customer support who will help you out in under six minutes. No more trying to get past the chatbot. Omnisend is trusted by over 70,000 e-commerce brands and me. Yes, we run our email marketing on the Omnisend platform. Ready to join us? Well, sign up for a free account at ecmp.info forward slash Omnisend and use the code masterplan2022 to save 15% on paid plans when you need them. Get started. In the last ad break, you heard a review from a retailer just like you of my new book, E-commerce Marketing, How to Get Traffic That Buys to Your Website. It's a Kindle bestseller in the UK, USA and Australia. And as past podcast guest Chantal put it, if you run an e-commerce business, buy this book. The Kindle and paperback are available from your local Amazon store, plus it's now available everywhere on audiobook too. Just search e-commerce marketing on your favourite audiobook app and click on the white cover with the blue and pink text. It's time for the top tips round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Not that you haven't already given us those in spades, Nicola. So are you ready for the top tips? I am. (laughs) Cool. Uh, The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Okay. So um, what a lovely thing to be able to do. Um, I would recommend um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. I think that's how you say it. Um, The book was actually recommended to me when I was struggling with delivering change through my team. Um, The type of change actually that's resulted in me changing the way that I work. And the book explores some of the reasons that teams fail. Um, And so like many books, there are things that I don't wholeheartedly agree with. But what really stood out to me was that consensus was not required in order for something to be the right thing to do. And as a leader and a manager, I really struggled with that because I felt that I'd failed if there was something to do and I couldn't convince everybody that it was the right thing to do. But actually, I'd failed to see that conflict 
that conflict that I was trying to avoid was because I brought together teams of people who had varying experience, opinions, perspectives. And I brought those people together because they gave me the best chance of delivering the right result. So I couldn't then be cross or feel that I'd failed if those people in deciding how we were going to approach things had different views. And it really helped me just leave that behind and say, do you know what? We're all good. We don't all have to agree. We just have to sign up to deliver it. Love it. Okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? (laughs) well, my, the, the depth of my experience is really around driving repeat traffic. Um, and so the best advice I have here really is know where your customer is because that's going to be the best channel for them. Um, so it's not really about looking at channel performance overall. It's about looking at how your customer, the customer or group of customers that you want to behave in a certain way behaves in each channel and then responding to them in that channel. So in some cases, this might mean really exhausting one particular channel, or it might actually be more of a blend of of, of multiple channels. Um, But the most success I've seen when driving traffic growth has really been through creating engagement and visit segmentations. What they do is, or what they did for me, was that they enabled me to predict and target efficiently so that I was identifying traffic that wouldn't organically have visited the site. And then I was able to go out and invite them back to the site. Nice. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Mm-hmm. Um this is where you feel kind of technophobe. But I think for me, I, I still find that Trello works um, or something similar like Asana or Monday.com, something that appeals to different ways of working and different ways of ordering tasks and can allow your team as, as a whole team to be able to see at view what's happening in different areas of the team. Um, because I think being able to do that um, without spending hours sort of managing a project management tool. Um, It just gives them that transparency and accountability um, and allows leaders such as myself to be able to dip in and see what progress is being made um, without necessarily getting into the detail all of the time. And the other thing that I like about it is that these, these tools are really thinking about how they can train methodologies such as Agile, which I found was was really useful coming at it from a business perspective because that's how IT teams were working. So it actually facilitated those two departments, which usually never the twain shall meet. It actually facilitated us working better together and speaking each other's language. Anything which can help marketing and IT work better together is worth doing. (laughs) I once worked in a retailer where they had the genius idea of sitting us all in the same bank of desks, which... um, Given the amount of noise that marketing made compared to the fact that the IT team, strangely enough, were busy coding the website and thus noise was not good. Didn't we, you know, we got on, but it wasn't a good, good scenario for anybody, I don't think. So yeah, <laughs> anything which helps that relationship is good by me. Okay. The, um, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? Oh, right. So th- there isn't just one. <laughs> there never <laughs> is just one with me. But um, 
you know, I think scaling at that rate really relies on delivering newness. And I, I haven't really seen any business that doesn't need to continue to focus on driving new customers to their site. Um, and that's coming from somebody who's a retention expert. But, um, you know, the, the four pillars to me in getting this right is about being able to distinguish new from existing or new from returning and making sure that all departments are signed up to what that criteria looks like so that you're not all claiming the same thing. Being clear on what channels give you the optimum efficiency and response so that you're investing your budget well. Being prepared, particularly in some industries, for a negative ROI when you're driving that newness because um, that initial order, particularly if your average item value is low, won't necessarily give you an ROI, but you've got to sort of look at lifetime value. And then finally, get your retention team in, in order and make sure that from the moment that that new visitor, that new contact reaches your site, they have a, an amazing nurturing program to, to make sure that that customer never leaves you. Awesome. Four pieces of advice there. Um, you can, if you're going to give, give that kind of level of content, you can have four any day of the week. Um, Nicola, it's been awesome learning from you in this podcast. And I know the listeners will have picked up a lot of advice from this. Now, you are now working freelance, helping retailers and agencies to improve their customer marketing results. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and where anyone who's listening who's thinking, I need Nicola, can get in contact with you, please? Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, that's right. It's it's a new endeavor for me, um, but one that is is rooted in my belief that marketers should be able to make their ideas happen and not feel like they never quite got there. Um, so I'm simply aiming to facilitate those teams to make it happen. And in many ways, I, I completely avoid calling what I do consultancy because I'm, I'm not there to tell you what to do. I'm there to facilitate bringing what you want to do and, and making it happen. Um, and of course, technology has improved. So, you know, there will be people out there who kind of think, I don't need Nicola because I've got technology. Um, but I think as I've talked about um, during the session today, just simply having that technology doesn't mean people will adopt it. And so that's where I believe I can step in. So, you know, I, I don't want to sort of limit what I could do for you or overpromise, but, you know, the types of things that I might be able to help you with are things like conducting research um, or drawing on my contacts to find suitable uh, technology for you, or it might be um, working with your teams to review the strategy or where you are in, in the delivery of that strategy. Or it might simply be just sitting with the teams and exploring some of their ideas and helping them see and unlock how they might be able to make that happen. Because in my experience, um, those are the things that stand in the way of businesses getting an ROI on the investments, particularly in technology that they make. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to speak with people. Um, and you can contact me directly through LinkedIn um, or by email. And my business is Fine Tooth Co. Um, and today, um, because I would love to sort of just get talking to people, I am offering um, a free 30-minute introductory conversation. Um, so if you mention code masterplan, um, you know, I'd be happy to uh, run that 30-minute introductory call with you um, and talk about anything really, your projects, my experience, your experience, um, the product or the, the work that you're doing, the approach that you're taking, anything really that, that you're finding a challenge at the moment. 
Wow, there's an awesome offer. Thank you very much, Nicola. Um, we will add a link to your website and to your LinkedIn profile on the show notes page. So it's really easy for everyone to get into contact with you. Thank you again for being on the podcast today. Um, I knew you'd share a lot and oh my word, you have exceeded my expectations. I've learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners have learned a lot. So thank you very much, Nicola. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So much great insight given there by Nicola. If you are currently thinking you shouldn't be doing the batch and blast because you want to be increasing performance and improving customer experience, then it's time to get that tech in order. But make sure you buy the right tech for your business, not the tech that someone that someone who doesn't know your business says you should have. And then get the culture right. Involve the whole team. So if you've got a big team who are going to be affected by this choice of tech, then involve them from the start too. Because if they're bought in with the decision process, then they're considerably more likely to like using it when you get to the end as you're working through it, just start testing. Start working on some things because every test you run, you're going to learn something which is going to help you build it out into the future. Do not start with a whole wall of whiteboards with a complex structure built because the complex structure you imagine is probably not going to be the right complex structure to have at the end of the day. Now, to get your hands on the show notes from today's show, that's our notes on all that Nicola said, which I think you're going to need to read after this one because she shared so much great advice, plus all those top tips, the links and the details of some related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this interview from our 2020 e-commerce master plan growth series sponsored by Omnisend. We've got another eight episodes in the series coming up for you, so please do make sure to check them out. We get a lot of people finding the e-commerce master plan podcast for the first time during our growth series. So if that's you, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and also let me know what you think of the show by adding a review. And you can do that in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your player of choice. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.